Kari Blassengame joins in the calm. Kari is the fullback for Chicago Bears and shares the inspiring story of his journey, both physical and mental, to reaching the NFL. He opens up with us about mental agility and what the pursuit of one's dreams looks like in the long game. Kari shares his actionable tips and tools for mindset, growth, and life fulfillment. And you guys know how much I love utilizing mindset, especially the athletic mindset in our everyday pursuits. We dive into the power of strength building, remaining humble, and learning to value helping others in your life. A husband, father, professional athlete, investor, mentor, and podcast host, this episode is going to deeply inspire you. Let's dive in. Welcome to End the Calm. I'm your host, Georgiana Alexander. Kari, so excited to see you and have you on the show. Welcome to In the Calm. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. You've got like this really great backdrop. It looks like you're in this beautiful little garden and outdoor patio, just soaking in some goodness of the outside temperatures today. Yeah, you know, my office, my office and how I usually film, it's not really set up. So I decided to just take it outside. So I'm I glad, love it. I'm glad, it, <laughs> I'm glad it works out. Well, thank you for being here. We met, gosh, it's been years ago as you were kind of on your journey. We met as neighbors in Nashville. We were just chatting off, off camera about how it's so interesting how different people come into your lives. I think nothing is ever by accident, right? We show up in each other's lives to support in different ways at different times, even if it's just by a smile. We were talking about how I had a little Yorkie before she passed on, and you were that person for her and for me too. Whenever I would see you and now your beautiful wife, she would just flip out and melt and roll over and come see you. So yeah. it's just certain people really impact your lives. And it's been so cool to get to see you on your journey. And now here, getting to talk about that and share that with this community. No, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on. Like, it's, like you said, you know, from neighbors to now, you know, podcasts, <laughs> I guess, you know, participants. And you're a host. I host my own. And I, yeah. It's just really cool. So. I'm it's glad really you thought cool. of me and to, to reach out and to have me on your pod. So I'm excited. Let's, let's, sort of, let's, let's dive into, let's get into it. it. Let's do it. All right. Well, I would really love for you to talk about, you know, we see the Kari now, you know, we see people can see your accomplishments and what all this hard work and this focus has created. But take us back to really your origin story. Did you feel like athletics was always the driving point for you or where did that really begin for you? So I started playing sports when I was five years old. Uh, <laughs> and my sister did too. She started playing, you know, softball and basketball, but I started playing t-ball and basketball. But really the first thing, and this really comes from like my family, my mom and dad was education, right? So okay. we always had to have good grades in order to participate in what we love to do, which is sports. So you know, I was always very passionate about it because it's just fun, right? You're out there with your friends, yeah. you're competing, you know, you're running around, you're getting to use all your energy. So it was always just really fun. But the main thing was always athletic. So a little bit about my origin story. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. My mom and dad, you know, my mom's from Huntsville, my dad's from Georgia. I got one sister. And, you know, we just grew up, we grew up doing that, you know, playing sports, prioritizing school, and, you know, going to church, you know, things like that, just regular, you know, mm -hmm. family things. And, so, you know, as I'm coming up, you know, elementary, middle school, just always playing sports. And in high school, you know, well, I actually fell in love with football 
when I was 10. That's when I started playing. That was actually the last sport that I picked up. Actually, track was the last sport that I picked up. But football <laughs> was like the last one that I that I picked up in, in the rec ball set. And I just really, I really fell in love with it. So as I go through middle school, you know, I'm watching college football. I'm watching the NFL and, you know, just kind of falling in love with it, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's, it was exciting. It was, it's a spectacle. You know, you're watching guys, you know, just do amazing things. You got, you got, I mean, this is elementary school when I say these names, but this, you got Reggie Bush, you got mm -hmm. Vince Young, you just got all those guys. And then you grow up now, you're watching Eric Reed and Tyree Matthew and Noshawn Marino, just all these guys that are, you know, just great at what they do. And so you just start imagining and dreaming. So that's what I, you know, did in middle school, you know, high school, I start, you know, playing and just always had a dream of wanting to play in college. And, you know, the dream just grew. Like at one point, you know, I looked up to guys at my high school. They went to certain schools. I was like, you know what? I want to go to that school. And then as, as mm. things grew and progressed, I started to see more that was out there. And, and, and I landed at Vanderbilt. So I played at Vanderbilt, redshirted one year, played four years for a total of five. And, you know, that was, that was a great experience. Met a lot of good dudes. And, you know, since then, you know, I, I was undrafted into the NFL, cut my chief, you know, just kind of climbing up for being <laughs> undrafted. And I've been here for four years and now I'm about to spend my fifth year with the Chicago Bears. And so it's really been a blessing, man. Just a, it's a whole journey. Just really having fun with it, being committed, being dedicated. It's going to sound like a cliche. It never really felt like work. You know, like I always yeah. loved waking up, going to work out, being with my team, going to practice, you know, just trying to get better. It just always felt like a, a challenge, but a fun challenge, right? Like something that you're privileged to get to do. So. That's a little bit about, about my, that. you know, origin story uh, to answer that question. I love that. And to go back, I love what you said about the, the dream grew. I think that's so powerful because it's like there were pieces to this that you didn't really even could comprehend until you were on the path. And then you could see it grow and you could look to others and then envision yourself with what you wanted to do with that, not necessarily emulate their career, but to really show up in a way that was authentic to you. That's an incredible thing for anyone listening, you know, whether they want to become a pro athlete or whether they want to find that dream for themselves, you know, that sometimes you've got to put one foot in front of the other and let things evolve and let things expand and that path can show up. And, and also what you're saying about that, it just never felt like work to you. And, you know, when you're doing the things that you love and you're finding that flow state of what's natural to you and what's really meant for you, I think that's how it feels for people. You know, it's like you show up and you do the hard work, but it doesn't even feel hard because you just feel so happy that you're getting to do it and that you get to show up and, and see that grow and, and dream. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and on that, like, not that it's not hard at times, there was definitely times yeah, where I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I want to get into well, it was that like, too. Yo, like, like I remember my first, my freshman year, we had a Friday finisher, and it was it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like, in comparison, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, my capacity wasn't there to be <laughs> able to work out like that. So, you know, I did it. It was hard, and I'm, you know, along with missing home, along with you know, having to make new connection with guys on the team, being a young rookie. You know, it was hard, man. And, and I really, at one point, because I had an academic scholarship to a school called Tuskegee, and one of my, fr one of my really mm -hmm. good friends went there, my sister went there, and I'm like, man, I should have just 
did that, you know, <laughs> but I felt that for, for like, like a day, like, like that one day after the workout, I called my dad, talked to him. Mm -hmm. Then you just really realize like, that's just part of it. Like, you know, like even those hard parts, like you, you grow to like those hard parts because you know that that's really the only place where you're going to actually get better. So, yes, I say that all the time that if like when we can learn that when we hit these hard places that at first it's just like anything, right? Like when you're showing up to the gym for the first day, if you've never been to the gym, it's going to feel like hell. Like you're going to hate every second that you're there most likely because it's just so new and uncomfortable, just like every new hard place that you reach. But when you can kind of shift your perspective and your mindset to, to take those in as knowing, oh, wait, I remember this. This is the moment when things are about to get really good because I know I'm going to show up for this and grow past yeah. this. And then the next level is going to open up. I love yep. it. You saw that. That's like perfect segue. Just so I know too, it's, we share like family in Huntsville. I have family in Huntsville and family in Georgia too. So that's like a cool little side note. I was like, oh, I didn't know oh, that. Not, that makes sense. Cool. No wonder we're like cool. friends. But like going back to that mindset and that challenge mindset, do you feel like that that was something that you learned along the way? Or did you have tools that really helped you kind of recognize, oh, okay, I want to keep showing up for this. I want to keep overcoming this challenge or this next level. Was that just something inside of you? I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it mm -hmm. comes from my parents, you know what I'm saying? Not allowing me to quit when things get hard early. So you kind of learn that you have to see things through, you know? So yeah. it's a mixture of that. And then it's a mixture of like, you do learn it along the way. So once you do, learn it that first time and then that second time and that third time you keep pushing past and you keep seeing your body and your life and your emotional strength and everything like grow and and learn through the hard things once you get to the next one it's like all right this is hard but on the other side it's gonna be pretty nice so i'm gonna just go through it whether i win or lose because you never know how anything's gonna play out you know you can try to predict it you can try to figure it out but the main thing is keep going. Just keep going. And if you keep going, a win is going to come out of that at some point. And I hate to like be cliche about it, but like it could be five years down the road. It could be yes. 10 years down the road, but a win is going to like, but if you quit, you know the outcome. Like if you stop, yes. you know what's going to happen. You're like, you won't win. You're not going to get what you want. So you can't do that because you know the outcome of that is it's not going to reward you with anything. So, but if you keep going, eventually you'll get, you'll get a reward, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I love that it was something ingrained kind of going back to your, your parents and the education was so important to them. And I think that, you know, that's something that a lot of people maybe undervalue is that discipline that comes from education and the discipline that comes from athletics. I can see that a lot when I'm talking with people that are very achieved in athletics or in education where there's this mindset and it's something just like for you where it's not necessarily something that's just glaring in your face that was like ingrained into you but what was ingrained was to not give up was to believe in yourself and keep seeing the vision of where you wanted to go and showing up for that we had a similar thing in my family my mom only gave me like three minutes to have pity parties so there was never room for the pity party or the anything like that like you had to keep kind of going forward and, and working out through the hard stuff. And it serves you well. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, if they didn't have someone in their corner pushing that and saying, hey, this is normal, 
keep going. They don't necessarily have that framework to understand that the reward, it might be right on the other side of that challenge, or as you said, it might be 5, 10, 20 years down the road. And it really comes back to instilling that mindset within yourself of just trusting the journey and the process. And that's sometimes longer than just, you know, in the immediate. And so you are putting in that work to elevate yourself as a person and for your personal journey. And you're right. Like I see it in my life. Like there might be something that's like 10 years down the road and then it clicks. I'm like, oh, wow. Like that's why all of this happened. That's why I learned these skill sets from that challenge because it's yep. serving me here 10 years down the road. And it's like the pathways lined up and now everything's in beautiful alignment for me to have known what I needed at that time. But when people don't have that background, they don't necessarily know it. So I love that you're saying, hey, like, just keep working through this and forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. human nature is baseline is, okay, we want to go to the path of least resistance, right? We wanna, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we want to, and not, not saying it in a negative way, like sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes that's the smart thing to do. You don't just go seek out challenges and hard stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know. Ignorantly well said, like, yeah. Well said. That's but, a smart but, thing to do. <laughs> but sometimes when it's your only answer, you just have to gotta go. You can't if you resign to your baseline uh, tendency or the human baseline tendency, then you're probably not gonna get very far. Mm -hmm. So how did you see that? I mean, I feel like we can kind of get the judge <laughs> how this applied through your career and now in this transition into your pro career. But for you, like, what were some key points that you really had to pull that out of yourself? I would say, you know, the first one, I mean, it's at every stage, right? So in high school, you know, I even had some in middle school, but that's not, I mean, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, that's probably not very impactful. But in high school, you know, I always felt like I was the best in my region, like the best in my, one of the best football players in my state. And the offers just weren't flowing in. Like our team wasn't very good for the first three years, so all the way to the junior year. But my senior year, we got a new coach. We started putting stuff together. We made it to the playoffs, and I ended up getting the offers. But I always just felt like, you know, the cliche, they're sleeping on me or, or you, know, <laughs> you know, this and that. But yeah, at that stage, it was just realizing that, okay, as long as you can play, as long as you're providing value and it shows up on tape, it shows up on the field, then you know, that doesn't really matter. In college, you know, I had to move positions twice. I came in as a free safety, then I moved to linebacker, then I moved to running back. And it wasn't easy, right? It worked out really well because, you know, when I moved to linebacker, I played special teams, got a, got a chance to get that experience. And that's serving me now in the, in the league. You know, special teams is a, is a big part of the NFL game. So being able to do that and run down and make tackles, you know, most offensive players don't do that well. I'm not going to say most, but, you know, special teams is a big part of, of the game, yeah, right? Yeah. So so I learned, I, I was able to learn that and then just learn how to adapt and learn how to learn fast, right? Because, oh, I love know, that. In learn the, how to you know, adapt when I moved, and learn fast, yeah. So, like, when I moved, when I moved to this, like, I learned totally new position, totally new playbook, right? So if it takes me long to learn and I don't know what I'm doing when I'm on the field, I'm probably not going to produce, right? So I had to learn fast in the, you know, in the classroom, that's what we call, you know, we, we say you got to take it from the class to the grass, but it's, you know, it's the film room, it's the classroom. You got to learn the playbooks so that day you can go out 
and apply it when you play. So I had to be able to learn fast. I just had to learn how to adapt and like not have any pride with it. You know, sometimes connotation when you're getting asked to move a position is that you're not good at something, right? You say like, oh, well, he's too slow to play safety. Or I could look at it as I'm not too slow to play safety. I just came in and I was six foot 195 and now I'm six one two thirty. So maybe I'm just not built for safety anymore. So I moved to linebacker and then I could look at it negatively and say, you know, oh, well, they don't think I'm good at, at linebacker. So they're moving me to running back. Or I could look at it and say, well, I played running back in high school, so I can provide value. I can go help the team at running back and, you know, see how it plays out. I just decided to look at it positively. Now, it wasn't always easy, but, yeah. you know, I looked at it positively and it worked out. And now in the NFL, I think that's serving me in my position I'm in now because I'm running back to fullback, which a lot of people say that fullback is an unsung position and don't get a lot of credit. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. I could have a lot of pride about that and be like, oh, I want the ball more. I want this. I want that. Or I could look at it and be like, you know, I'm really blessed to be in the NFL. So in whatever way I can help the team or organization that signs me up, I'm going to do that. It really taught me my whole career. It taught me how to not have too much pride. You know, some pride is a, is a good thing, but too much pride is, I think they call it like hubris, right? So too much pride is a, is a character default. So it, it taught me how to not have too much pride with being asked to adapt and being asked to perform a different job than I thought I was going to have to perform. I think those would be like the three points in my career. And then in the league, you know, just learning how to deal with things that are out of my control, you know, things that, you know, you put the work in, different things like that. And, you know, some contract situations, you know, roster, where you end up, it's not always in your control, but you just, you roll with the punches and try to make the best of it. I love that. I, that was a really long-winded way to no, answer the question. No, I'm like, I'm like taking it all in. I know everyone listening is too, because there were just, to see your perspective about this is such a beautiful thing, you know, because so many people would let their pride get in the way and would let their ego get in the way. And for you to use these moments, not only to be able to pivot fast, but to really be able to elevate yourself and look to how you can help elevate others, I think speaks to who you are. It speaks to what's in your heart. And also how you show up in life, you know, as, as what I've seen of you and the times I've interacted with you as well. It's such I appreciate you saying thing. that. No, it's the truth. You've got like just this radiance of goodness about you. And every time I've ever interacted with you or seen you interact with other people, it's so obvious, you know, you really are here to elevate others in the journey of your own elevation. I just think that perspective of being able to pivot, if you could look back now in this conversation that we're having and kind of pluck out any key points for people listening that really helped you be able to adapt that mindset of like being able to pivot fast, you know, of how you can, as you said, I love this, go from the class to the grass very quickly, you know, and take it and learn fast. Are there any tools in this I, mean, I don't even want to call it an athletic mindset because it just so is beyond an athletic mindset. It's just this is car mindset, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing. How would you extract that? I would say the first, not the first, but one of the things, you know, as you were saying that is that I just want to be very clear. Like, it's not like I was always like super positive, right? There was like very <laughs> negative. There was, that's there what, was like. That's very, what I wanted. Where did the, where did the point you come know, in? <laughs> there were very, very negative moments 
but I think, like I said before, I think I've been blessed with a great mother and father, great support system that I'm like, okay, I can take it to them. And, and, you know, through some tough love, through some just love in general, they're able to be like, all right, so what are you going to do? Are you going to wallow in it? Are you going to quit? Sometimes my dad, and you know, it, it would piss me off in the moment, <laughs> but he would be like, all right, then quit. Like if I'm, if I'm taking something to him, I'm just like, man, this is unfair. This is, why is this happening to me? Like blah, 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 blah. All of this, you know, belly aching. Then he'd be like, all right, well then, then quit. And in the moment it's so frustrating. It's like, man, you, you want somebody to console you, but yeah, what are your options? Right. So I don't want to say all of that and, and just give off the, the image that like everything was always so easy and I just rolled with the punches and adapted. Nah, it was hard, but I had people to kind of give me that tough love, tell me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. And I think it would just be outside of that, outside of the external, just like when you hear somebody tell you the tough thing is to then accept it, right? To be aware enough to be like, all right, this is what it is. And I only have a few options forward if I really want to get what I want to get. And that's mm-hmm. to keep going. That's to mm-hmm. be positive. That's to, that's to find a way to adapt. That's to find a way to provide value for any situation that I'm in. You know, whether that's an athletic situation, a team, whether that's a job, whether that's a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. you got to be able to adapt and you got to be able to accept where you are and then look at a point in the, in the future and say, this is where I want to go. What do I need to do from here? Where I am, not where I think I am, not where I think I should be, you know, just real acceptance, you know, tough love yeah. and acceptance. I would say the answer is to embrace those things and have people that are going in your corner that are going to tell you the truth yeah. and tell you, you know, and tell you like the real. That, that feedback. And that's so powerful that you have that in your life and in your corner. And, and it is to speak to you is like, even when you do have that, a lot of times people may or may not listen. And the fact that you, as you said, step into awareness of where you want to go and it causes you to pause and take in and take acceptance of what they're saying to you and also look at where do I want to go and what's the positive route to get here? You know, where, yeah. what's actually going to take me there? And I think for everyone listening, you know, whether or not if, if you feel like, oh, I don't have anybody in my corner, you can learn to cultivate that within yourself. You can be both sides of that where you take yourself out and you sit down and you say, all right, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm up against. How can I find a different perspective and ask those questions within yourself? You know, hopefully all of you have somebody in your corner, but if you don't, just keep in mind that you can find that within yourself as well. And go into that space and ask those questions. I love that. I was not thinking that it was just all rainbows and butterflies, you know, in that journey. There's always the challenge road. And that's that's the beautiful thing is being able to take the challenging moments and let them shift you. And now each time you hit these moments of challenge or, or big change in your life, you're a different person than you were when you began that because you've begun to cultivate a trust in these moments too. And then you've yeah. got that great support team. So that's yeah. amazing. Thank you for sharing that so much. No, no problem. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. So like you've had like this big shift with moving into a pro career and a lot of visibility. I mean, you've always had a lot of visibility in sports, but there's such an ideology around pro career, pro athlete, what that looks like. 
And I love now you have your podcast business of athletes and you're really speaking to helping others find business opportunities, investments, and looking at their career and opportunities a little bit differently so that that way they do have longevity and future financially because there is this this maybe misguided idea that just because someone gets a big deal, people, family, friends who, you know, are sitting in the hometowns of these star athletes are seeing the big dollar signs and whatnot that come along with some of the contracts. And then everybody comes out like waiting for their houses and waiting for their new Ferraris and everything like that. Can you speak to that a little bit? I know that this is a big passion for you and something you've been very vocal about. Yeah. So, you know, financial literacy, just in general, not even just for athletes, but in general is one of those things that, you know, it's not taught in schools. Right. So Mm -hmm. when you get to a level where it's so important that you have financial literacy and that you have emotional intelligence to be able to, to deal with the family and the friends calling and asking for things and you know, in my case, I haven't had to deal with that. So I'm blessed to not have had to deal with that. Right. But when you put those things together, it it's a very stressful situation. And then throw, you know, your own family. And I'm, you know, I'm married. I have a daughter. Like the the responsibility to take care and, and, and do things in order that way is another set of pressure. So you pile all those pressures on of maybe not having the financial knowledge having the family, you know, calling and asking for money and, and all the emotions that go with that. You might feel guilty. You might feel like you owe someone, you know, you want to be the hero. And then you pile your own responsibilities on top of it. If the foundation and the structure isn't there to help you deal with those things, then it creates a really sticky situation. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the aspects mm-hmm. of, of business of athletes is providing that financial literacy and that financial education. Next season, we're going to get into that a lot. The, the, the first season, the first season was, you know, the main objective of the first season and it'll still be a part of, this, of the second season. You know, we talked earlier about, you know, the pivot and being able to adapt and what happens for most athletes, like 99% of athletes, even the pro athletes is that, you know, once you're done playing, you still have to have a second career, right? Mm-hmm. You still have to have something to do for the other 50 years of your life because you're going to be done playing on average at 28. If not soon, you know, if you don't play in the league or or professionally, you're going to be done at 21 or 22 whenever you graduate college. And so what I've seen and what a lot of people have seen is that there's this period, like it's like a purgatory, like you're not an athlete anymore, but you don't really have a a corporate identity, a business identity, an entrepreneurial identity, and you don't know what you can do or what you can be. So the the purpose of the first season was really just to highlight the people in my network uh, that have made that pivot and that have gone through that and that are entrepreneurs and real estate investors and in the corporate world, things like that. So it's all a part of that being able to, again, accept what happened, accept where you are, because a lot of times every, like everybody wants to go to lead. There's those few college athletes that want to just use college to get a degree and move on. But in my experience, everybody wants to go to league. But when that doesn't happen, you got to deal like, that's kind of, it's kind of traumatic. Like it's kind of, you have to deal with that. Like, a whole part of you is going to, I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but a whole part of you is going to die, right? Like for a majority of college football players, basketball players, basically like anybody who's playing college sports, especially at a D1 level, 
Mm-hmm. They've always been the best. They've always been recognized for being the best. And, it, you know, yeah. it comes with a certain level of like emotional validation and like your community, you know, sees what you're doing, you know, your work that you put on film or on the court, on the field, it speaks for itself. So when you don't have that anymore, you have like a identity crisis and like you have to go through this whole mourning process of, okay, I'm no longer a professional competitive athlete because whether we like it or not, college athletes are professional athletes, yeah, right? You absolutely. work, you work 60 hours, you work 40 plus hours in school and athletics and you perform you know, in front of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands. And if you play on TV, sometimes millions, right? <laughs> and, you know, once that's over, there's nothing that quite compares to that, to that feeling, you know? And so once that's over, you have this, this lull and this downtime. And it's hard to, like we talked about with, you know, taking a setback as far as it's hard to look at this next thing that I want to do and say, well, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And, and chart that course and Business of Athletes is a platform that kind of helps or seeks to help young athletes be like, okay, that guy's an entrepreneur. He played four years in college and he's now an entrepreneur. I'm going to look at what he did and I'm going to do that. I'm going to look at what she did and I'm going to do that. Or yes. I'm going to look at this business they built and I'm going to build my business off of that. Or I'm going to go into the corporate world and be a part of a corporate team and, and execute and perform just like I performed on the field in a corporate setting. Because well, all of those, you know, all of the intangibles that make you a great athlete, make you, can, can make you a great team member in the corporate world. So I say all that to say that's the purpose of business of athletes is to one, alleviate that pain and that suffering and that time of, you know, n- no longer being an athlete and also to provide financial education. I got really long-winded there, but no, that's, that's business of athletes. It's so important to as as you spoke to earlier that you the dream grew as you grew right but for so many young athletes and even athletes that are ending their career in in pro capacity where is the visual of that like how are you looking to other people so i love that you're showing the possibilities and planting those seeds for people because there i believe there is a pretty high even suicide rate among people whose career end, or maybe they have an injury or things like that because they just don't know what to do and where to go. I have a friend who has gone through that journey as well and shares his story. And so it's so powerful that you're motivated to show up and provide this platform for others to learn not only where they can invest their money and how that can look and really learn, as you say, that financial literacy in ways that that just aren't being shown in our culture, you know, and in, in, in school. And why isn't that being shown in school? We could get into a whole other conversation about that. There's you know, a big like, I mean, hole for that. Oh, There's a man. huge rabbit hole for that. Yeah, like how incredible would that be for our young minds to be able to understand the value and purpose and how to put that together and actually grow and build a foundation financially and otherwise. But yeah, this is incredible that this is your that this is your calling and your passion, and you're also sharing that off the field as well, especially because you do have such a visibility in in the world. Appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. So, what really inspired you into investing and in, into this platform? I mean, was it because you saw others in need of this, or where did that inspiration really come from for you? A bunch of places. So, I mean, I've always been interested in like business and making money, like 
ever since yeah. I was a ever since I was a kid, you know, like it's always been like, how can I put my best efforts and my imagination into making money? But you know, my dad was you know really instrumental in that, and so I, I you know I talked that that's gonna be a thing throughout this conversation. You know, my I love it though. My, my upbringing, but my dad, you know, he taught us me and my sister a lot about the fundamentals of you know just basic index investing and things like that. And, and it's hard to learn it when you're not actually in the game. So besides just you know wanting to be able to make money and, and my dad teaching us about it, I would say it was, it was the it was the COVID crash. So I had I had a small portion of money in an in index fund. And to be honest, I was scared to put more in, right? Right. Uh, there was a lot of unknowns. I was, yeah, I was scared time. to put more in. And I was really in the, you know, like Bitcoin at that time, which played out, but probably wasn't the most sound investment risk-wise, but it paid out. And But I but I, I only did a certain amount in index funds, right? But then by the end of 2020, early 2021, if I'm remembering the time frame correctly, like I saw that money like double in the index funds and then crypto wasn't doing as well. And so I was like, okay, I need to learn more about this. So I start learning more about this. And if you pair that with the fact that in 2021, I had a knee injury. So in the back of my mind, I was like, what happens to my money if I no longer play again after this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I, I just really wanted to know as much as I could about how the system worked and what I could do to make sure I was best positioned to not lose my money. And so that just turned into me being really obsessed about it, watching as many YouTube videos as I could. My wife for Christmas bought me like 10 investing books and I've, you know, been going through those. <laughs> I love so really it just, you know, I would say it came from those three places, just having, mm-hmm. a, you know, an innate like urge to sell something and make money. I, I mean, I used to sell, you know, everybody sold candy, but I used to sell candy. I used to burn CDs <laughs> to people and, and sell them, you know, are you like always at the top of the sales list? I, I bet you are. Like, you know, if, like if you're out there selling the candy bars, like for supporting the the boosters and things like that for school, Look, you just like, I, don't know if I, I want I to win. So. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, I know I always made my fundraising amount, but, but yeah, so on top of just always having that, you know, that want to make money and then pair that with the fact that my dad taught us really well. And then the urge to not, want to lose all my stuff in 2021, I think that's what, what kind of pushed me into, into the lane. I feel like times of unknown, people a lot of times associate that as times to kind of retreat and back off of their ideas or their dreams or what they're doing. And historically, those are the times to just fully dive in. That's where the, the mega millionaires are made. That's where, you know, the new entrepreneurs are made. Like, we saw so many entrepreneurs and new multimillionaires coming out of a time when everything was shut down during the pandemic. And yep. it was just because you have these windows and these moments. And that's not necessarily, I'm not saying to capitalize like on, on hardship times, but it's actually, those are actually the windows, just like what we were talking about earlier with the challenges, right? Like when you see a challenge, these are the times to dive in. When you see the moments where maybe the rest of the world is kind of taking a breath or it feels like that urge to kind of retreat, these are actually, that's your signal to find the open point and to dive in and to look for the yep. opportunities that others aren't going to drive forward into. That's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that part. <laughs> You're like, I didn't want to lose my money. I mean, that's like the motivation right there, lose. right? You're like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know. So it was very personal for you with the unknown of your career and 
the unknown of the pandemic and things like that. And I love that you've been able to just pivot and find your way forward. The reality of these moments, it's a lot harder than obviously talking about it now on the other side of it, but just to keep putting one foot forward and taking those those breaths of, okay, this is hard, but I'm going to keep pushing forward. For anybody listening right now that's maybe having a struggle with their dreams and what they're going through or feeling like that sense of unknown and that, you know, maybe failure of what they're doing, but but the ability to push forward, what would you say to them? What would be something that you would extract out of your whole experience of life so far? I'll say the first thing to do would be is to pray. You know, that's where I am spiritually. That's what I believe in. And, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I would say pray, you know, the most high has blessed me and my family. I would just say pray, ask for guidance, ask for wisdom, ask for discernment. And, and then just once you pray, just trust, just trust and, and get back to work and try to figure it out. You know, Google things and read what you read with discernment, try to find answers. But first of all is to, is to seek some, some wisdom from a place that's a little bit bigger and wiser than yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the, the next thing, you know, equally as important thing is to just keep working, like work hard, like don't get, don't get discouraged. Don't get lazy. Just keep working because. It might not feel like you're making any ground, might feel like you're running in place, but you know, when you're in that moment, just keep working because that's the work that like anybody can work when it's easy, when things yeah. are going well. And you know, he, it, I like working out a lot. So in the gym, like when, when the weight is light and it's moving easy, anybody can push it and scream and yeah, we moving weight, you know, just have a bunch <laughs> of positive energy. But when that weight get heavy, when that weight get heavy, you gotta you gotta keep pushing because that's when you gonna that's when you gonna really really make it. Like when you tired and when like you get to the end of the workout, you don't have no more juice. That's when you gotta really keep going because mm -hmm. that's when the real gains come. So I mean, that would be what I would say. I hope I answered your question. But, oh yeah, no, that's yeah. beautiful, and I I would agree. Just that, to touch back on that, I mean, pray and look look at that higher source whatever name you call that whatever you associate to that's my first step too is in prayer you got to stop you got to go inward you got to seek the answers and then you got to be open to what you hear and trust in what you hear those have been game changers in my life too i love that you said number one stop and pray and put that into action and then you know, everybody, lo I love a good gym analogy too for anything. I love a good sports analogy and a good gym analogy because, you know, it's just so clear cut, right? Like, yeah. you know, show up for the pain. It's so true. It's easy to say that you want something and then pause or stop or get scared and frozen. And everybody gets scared. Everybody has moments in their journey, whether you're the entrepreneur, whether you're the athlete, whether you're the new mom. Whether, you know, whatever it is that you are showing up in in your life, everybody has those moments where you hit a wall and your journey on that road has shifted and you don't know it yet. And you need to like stop and listen to the answers of what the pathway looks like for you and then trust yeah. and go that direction. And I know in my life, there are times where even when I feel like I'm not you know, you're not flying and leaping through the air on these huge leaps, but that's actually when, when you just take even little micro steps forward and you just keep going and keep moving forward and trust, 
I think people underestimate those small steps forward. If that's all you can take is that micro step forward. Those are bigger leaps than I think people realize and recognize they are because they keep you in trust and they keep you in motion. Yeah, they do. And and they add up. They add yeah. up. It's like compound interest. That, that 50 <laughs> cents, that 50 cents turns into a dollar. Then that dollar turns into two. Then that two turns into four. And next thing you know, if you've done it long enough, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then it's just, it's a, it's an exercise in faith too. Like keeping the work. Staying working is an exercise in faith, right? You can't say, oh, I believe it's going to get better and then don't work as if it's not going to get better. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like a feedback loop, you know? Yeah. If, I can, if I'm going to continue to work as if I know I'm going to get where I'm going, even though it doesn't look like it, eventually when I get like, it's a feedback loop. Small, yeah. small wins add up. All small wins add up. So, you know, you just got to try to get a bunch of small wins every day or maybe one small win every day, you know? You've got to try to go get the small wins. That leads me to the question. So for you and your vision of the things that you've wanted, do you sit and, you know, like everybody's got like their vision boards or their future vision of self and what they want. How does that show up in your life? Like what's been kind of the steps that you've taken to create that vision? I would say, so, you know, a lot of times it's, it's writing it down. You know, one of my friends, Darius, shout out to my boy Wally. Uh, you know, I'll talk to him uh, about a goal and, you know, he'll be like, hey, man, you got to write that thing down. You got to write it down. My dad, right? Tell me to write it down. My wife tell me, you know, to write, write my goals down in college. You know, before I had my best year, I wrote some goals down and some of them came true. I got close to some of them, but didn't get all of them, you know, but it's better than where I probably would have been if I didn't write it down. So I think just writing down the goal, making a list saying, all right, this is what I want to get. And then, you know put a process together, right? Because you can have a goal, but you don't have a process. It's nothing. It's just a wish list. You know what I'm saying? So, so you put a process together and you have people who can lead you on the process. And I'm fortunate that I have people who can, you know, lead me on the process and show me, hey, if you want to do this, this is what you, what you need to do. You know, mm -hmm. and, and what, what happens in my experience, and I don't know if it's the same for everybody, is that in my experience, when I write something down, for example, with the podcast, Mm -hmm. I write down, okay, I want to have a podcast that does this, says this, I want to put out this many episodes. I do it. I might not get to all of the super lofty goals, but somewhere along that way of getting maybe three out of five, I meet somebody who can push me to number four and then push yes. me to number five. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you're never going to meet that person or, or go get that information or, or find that next step if you don't get out there and try, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm sure you might, you might experience the same things with podcasting, but it's always like, oh, well, who wants to hear what I have to say? Oh, if I put it out and only 15 people watch it, here's, you know, only this many people watch it, or it doesn't get the likes. Strangely, you just got to go because those small, that 15 turns into 30, mm -hmm. the 30 will then turn into 60. Before you know it, you're where you thought you could never be. And that's so. the key too is, yeah, writing down has been a huge practice for me my whole life. I, I love the act of writing down. I love the act of finding the visuals as well. Like I'm very visual. So whatever that looks like, but the writing down of the goals, every year I put together a fear list of things I'm afraid of. And that way I can work through those achievements and those things that maybe feel a little scary to me. And it's amazing every time I look back on that list, how many of them 
just started happening and coming together. And just like you said, it's like, you got to be open to letting the mentors and the teachers and the, the community that can help you show up in your life. Because as you take step forward, and you have set that intention of writing down, it's like the whole world conspires to work with you and help you on the things that are meant for you. And so you are put in the path of people that will help you elevate into being the version of you that you've set the intention that you want to be. It's hugely powerful. I know I feel the same way. Yeah. And that imposter syndrome of showing up in something new, like a podcast or something visible, you know, that seems, I would say, showing up in an athletic. I mean, everybody says, you know, like we see the end game. We see where someone has achieved the goal that they set how many ever years ago, you know, as a five-year-old, you started this journey. And so we can see the end game of like, oh, you reached your goal, but there's all those years in between of showing up for yourself and showing up for your vision and letting that expand, letting that grow, as you said, overcoming the challenges, continuing to show up for that. And so it's important to not discredit, you know, we see people in places of achievement, you know, we see, you know, music artists and we see entrepreneurs and we see athletes we don't always see the journey that it took for them to get there in these writing down the goals and the steps that's giving permission for your mind and all of your all of your being to show up along the way that kind of keep you moving forward to that bigger goal so it's so incredible and powerful i love that that's your practice i had to definitely learn and be encouraged along the way but yeah, it, I mean, I, that's definitely one of those things is that, you know, you just got to put it on paper, make it real, make yeah. it real. Yeah. Bring it to life. So yeah. Cart, just kind of in, in wrapping up and this has been so much fun. I feel like there's just so many rabbit holes that we could go down here in these conversations. And so the education, so well, we could have went down. Yeah. We could have gotten down. I mean, and then in the business and the entrepreneurship and the podcasting and, you know, athletic mindset and just life mindset. And congratulations on baby Jordan now, just over six months, right? Didn't she just turn six just months? Six months. Oh my yep. gosh, she's yep. so adorable. And you guys are just the sweetest family. I love seeing you grow and come together. So congratulations. There's so much goodness coming in your life. And now you also just signed to stay with Chicago for two more years. Is that right? That's yep, I did. Very I did. exciting to kind of know your place for where you're going to be for a few years. Man, in this football world, that is a, it's huge. There's a lot. There's a lot that that kind of lifts off your shoulders, you know. So I'm yeah. very, very blessed and grateful to, to have got that. That's amazing. Congratulations for all of these things. And kind of in wrapping up, if you could share with us, do you have like any wellness routine or any kind of non-negotiables of your day that are just are there for your well-being aside from obviously fitness and things like that but what's your wellness care i uh, you know i need to have better <laughs> i need to have better daily like self-care yeah. i would love to sit here and tell you that i wake up and meditate every day or i wake mm -hmm. up and you know pray every day okay, for yeah. a certain amount of time but you know honestly i i don't you know, so I would love to say that I have that daily routine, but, you know, I would think every now and then for me, it's, it's as simple as, you know, going to get a good haircut and yeah. talking to, you know, my friends, you know, my dad, my, my granddad, family, just chilling out, just kicking it. You know, sometimes you just get into the space where it's, I got to work, 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 work. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's cool to just do some things. Like I like to go get a nice haircut, get a smoothie. <laughs> and That's wellness just, right there. That's just wellness. Just watching TV. Yeah, I love that you brought that in, in the, into the wellness conversation because we do kind of associate, oh, I need to sit and meditate for hours and I need it needs to look like this. But those are your walking meditations, you know, like it's kind of your your waking walking meditation to get a good haircut and to be in community with your friends and family. And that's powerful stuff too. And we're just going to like go ahead and hold you accountable that you're going to like, okay, Kari, when we circle back with you, you're going to be like, hi, I had some breath work I'm working on, you know, that yeah, at least it looks like a minute or two. At least yeah, a minute or two. You can do it. You know, you can do I'll, it. I'll I'll do that sometimes in relation to, to, to sports. Like when I'm in season, I'll wake up, get my food minutes. You know, I use this app called Breath Work. But sometimes, yeah. you know, when it's not competition related or performance related, I kind of let it slash. So I, I I do need to pick that up. So well, that's okay. I think you already did. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story and your perspectives. It is such a pleasure to always see you and it's such an honor to have you on this show. And I know everyone listening is going to find such inspiration in your story and in your wisdom and journey. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you for thinking of me and, and inviting me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Great yeah. conversation. A lot, like you said, a lot of rabbit holes we could have gone down. But so many. We're gonna we'll circle back but, on those rabbit holes. We'll have to come back into right. that conversation right. another time. Cool. So, Thank you. I appreciate it.